Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. This week, I'm so excited to be joined by Danny Sunshine Bauer. Danny is the founder of Better Leader, Better Schools, a popular blog and most downloaded podcast for leaders in education. He helps school leaders fight isolation and frustration through his leadership community, The Mind Master. In order to gain clarity and find solutions to the greatest challenges, Danny is also the author of number one hot new release on Amazon, The Better Leaders, Better Schools Roadmap, which helps educators create legendary schools. Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. Joshua, thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it and I uh, can't wait to chat with you and add some value for your listeners. And Danny, before we even begin, I want to kind of get to your nickname, Sunshine. Where did that even come from? Here's here's what I've learned, Joshua. In life, there are ups and there are downs, right? That's like a Yogi Berra, just truism, you know? It's like, okay, buddy, that's that's what you're coming with, leading with. <laughs> and uh I've been I've been beat up in life, and I think everybody has. The listeners can relate to that. And there was a especially dark time, honestly. And I write about it in my book. But you know, I had a practice marriage, and we, we you know we got divorced, and that was just a, a very frustrating, dark, and depressing time. And what I had to tell myself was that around every corner is sunshine. You know, there's going to be storms, and I've survived Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Michael is coming through Florida. You know, and storms do exist. I lived in Belgium all last year, and all it does is rain there. You know, Joshua, like it just rains all the time, and it's cold, and then the sun peaks out for like just a few few days in the summer. But long story short, sunshine is always after every storm, and it was a affirmation basically. So it's not on my birth certificate. Nobody in my family calls me that, but I just wanted to give myself that name to remind myself to be positive, to be optimistic. I love that. And as you know, the show is centered on leadership development. I would love to hear your personal leadership journey and how you became an administrator. Yeah, so we're talking about that a bit in the pre-chat, but I I was basic classroom teacher forever Mm -hmm. and very thankful to be a teacher. What I didn't tell you in the pre-chat is that uh, I moved from Champaign-Urbana, where I was teaching sixth grade, up to Chicago, and I could not find a teacher job. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to go into business? Am I going to go into health or whatever? And basically, very fortunately, I was able to join Chicago Public Schools Central Office working and in, in helping out uh, schools, admin team, teachers with the AVID program. Mm-hmm. From there, developed great relationships and got back into the classroom, working out with my good friend, Dre Weaver. And uh, he said, yo, I'm, I'm going over to Brooks College Prep. And, you know, God sent sent people out two at a time, like Paul and Timothy and that sort of thing. And he said, I need somebody I could trust, a right-hand man. I want you to join me. I said, Dre, I love the classroom. Well, and here's what, you know, is terrible. I said, okay, let me think about it. I'll pray about it. I promised him to do that. And and I was at Kenwood, Kenwood High School there in Chicago, loving it. I mean, it's an incredible school, great kids, great community, everything. And all of a sudden, once I started thinking about and praying about it, Joshua, the school seemed like it was like beat down and like falling apart. And I hated being there. And all of a sudden, my heart had changed. So I said, Jay, all right, man, I'll, I'll join you over at Brooks. And uh, I started off as an instructional coach, became an assistant principal. And then after that, you know, I was a principal in Houston. And now I coach school leaders uh, 100% of my time. So did you always aspire to be an administrator? Or was that through that experience at that high school that changed your perspective? Yeah, it was that it was Dre inviting me, you know, uh, I, I didn't share this a second ago, but while we were working out, you know, he was just calling out those leadership gifts that he saw in me. 
I guess, character traits, gifts, talent that I could bring to the table that he wanted to be a part of his team. And leadership is a thing that you can learn. I mean, some people maybe are born leaders and it comes a little more natural, but everybody can learn to be a leader. You know, it is a skill that you can develop. Uh, But to hear, you know, when I was a leader, I want to do a couple of things. I want to cast a vision. I want to empower my staff to do amazing things. I want to remove obstacles and barriers, right? Those are, those are my, basically my, my focus as a leader and calling out those gifts, right? What you see in people is a hugely empowering thing to do. So when Dre said, you know, I think you'd be a great administrator. I never, I loved, I loved the classroom, but then I just started thinking about it differently. And and I said, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. If I didn't like it, I could always go back. I do this full time with the podcasting and coaching school leaders. And that's scary because, you know, I don't get the two weeks every every two weeks of paycheck. What's going to happen? Am I going to starve and die, you know, in, in the <laughs> gutter? That's what I tell myself, right, in the next week. But everything has worked out. But what I told myself before that risk is that I could always go back. So it, take the risk, jump in. And it worked out for me, but I could always go back if I have to. And in your transition from a teacher to an administrator, what was the largest misconception as you began your administrative experience? I have grown very comfortable being able to say, I don't know. You know, you could ask me that question. I don't know the answer. And that's okay, right? I know how to find the answer. I know the the people to ask that are smarter than me that have different talents and gifts to get around me. You know, you hear people say, if I walk into the room and I'm the smartest one in the room, I'm in the wrong room. You know, I believe that. I know that leadership for me is about service and I don't subscribe to the myth that uh, a leader needs to be a superhero, needs to have all the answers. No, it's it's not a the the biggest enemy of leaders being excellent is being isolated, right? Mm-hmm. And those that isolate themselves a lot of times either don't know where to look for help, so that's one issue, but then you've got some people with some really big egos, big heads. They think they're great, but you know what? They could they could use some help from the community. So uh, that's that's the biggest myth. You don't have to have it all figured out and, and be comfortable in that. As an administrator, what was one area you wanted to change in education? I say everything, but you know you, you're asking for one. So what I'm passionate about right now, Joshua, is is really tapping into people's why. What gets them excited, jumping out of the bed in the morning? I think the majority, if not all, teachers had that at one point, and I want to rekindle that. Mm -hmm. And some have lost it. And so that's something that I would want to challenge and change. And and it's not necessarily like a big thing that you have to do in terms of reforming schools. But there's there's different activities I do to help people get reconnected, you know, to that inspiration and get them inspired to jump out of bed and, and be excited to work with kids every day. I mean, what a privilege, man. That to me is is like the greatest privilege, such amazing resources. Kids have all this imagination and creativity and positive outlooks and you get to work with them every day. You get to. You just not that you have to, like you get to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and we know, I mean, you don't get paid very well as, as an educator. We don't go into it for the money. We go into it because of the impact is huge and the opportunity is huge. So just helping people remember their why. What is the most difficult part of being a campus leader? It depends on the leader. You know, for me, it's sometimes hard to say no. The other part that was really hard is is the fact that everything's going to come to you at some point. You're just going to be put in some situations that are tough and you're the principal, so you can't, <laughs> where are you going to go? Like you have to make a decision on it and you can't make everybody happy. So 
you know, if you if you have some people pleasing tendencies and that kind of stuff, uh, you need to work through that or, or at least uh, get some people around you that can help identify your blind spots or help you process some of those big time decisions that you have to make so that you don't fall into some type of trap or commit to some things that you really shouldn't say yes to just because you have a hard time saying no and pleasing people. What do you think is the biggest difference between the role of assistant principal to principal? AP to principal is like, uh, that's almost like two different jobs, you know, because <laughs> the AP is, you know, they're, they're the guy that goes out there and uh, they can execute on the vision. Uh, but the principal, it, the buck stops there, right? And and they have to inspire the whole, in my mind, inspire the whole staff and set the course, set the direction for where you're headed. And so if, if you lack that vision, there's a verse that talks about where there is no vision, people scatter or people perish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but on, on the opposite side of that, if you write the vision down so that those who read it, they'll run to it. So it's, it's the same coin, two sides of the different coin. But if you lack that, that vision, and, and the thing is, is that principals and APs, like the job demands are very high. If you're not clear and intentional about your calendar and how you spend your time, you're going to run around busy, doing a lot of work, a lot of it very good work, but it's not great work, Joshua. There's a huge difference. And when I coach principals is helping them identify how to be intentional with blocks of time that they want to spend and identifying what are those big things you're really trying to do. All that other stuff's always going to be there. And, and I don't want to hear people say, like, I have to find the time. The time is there. You have to make it a priority. Even if it's just 15 minutes a day, I'd rather see you spend 90 minutes to three hours working on some sort of big goal vision type stuff. And then the rest of the time, you know, working through the nuts and bolts. In the principal role, you're definitely an instructional leader. So how do you help your teachers grow in their knowledge and teaching strategies? Yeah, well, two, two ways, uh, I guess three. So w- one would be model. So modeling always, you know, you might go into a classroom and, and be able to share and show. Two, resource. So can you actually send people out to conferences uh, or get some type of virtual professional development, anything to make sure that you, you know, you empower them. And then three, I, I talk a lot about vision. So it's what instructional, you know, curriculum, uh, looks like within your school and can you get everybody on the same page with the common definition and really you know track that uh, measure it celebrate it and when it doesn't work figure out why I wouldn't evaluate people out when things aren't working but get curious make it safe to fail what did you learn from it and then try again and as the year goes on if you feel like staff rapport is slipping what strategies do you use to increase teacher morale yeah you know I crowdsourced a, a blog post, staff appreciation ideas on the blog, you know, so you go to betterleadersbetterschools.com and just search for uh, staff appreciation ideas. That one has like 12 to 15 other principals just sharing all their great ideas. So that's, you know, that's just out there. I want your listeners to know about that um, so they can go. Uh, the easiest, like the lowest hanging fruit is just running around with, you know, the favorite type of snacks and that kind of thing. And that's, that's so easy to do. But to me, it's like if you, can, if you can get the community excited, if you see the morale dipping, have some type of event, you know, some type of party that you can throw 
to get people excited and connected again and just enjoying sort of like relationships, fellowship, connection type stuff. It, it could be anything. So, you know, for us, we always threw a dance. You know, if we saw morale going down, throw a dance because it's fun. It's fun. It's it, it's a it's more work. You got to go there. You got to supervise it. But to see the kids just enjoying that kind of stuff uh, and you got the food and the music. And if you see kids having fun, normally adults get pretty positive and excited about that. Yeah. So how do you encourage creative thinking and problem solving within your organization? Just ask why. And, you know, when you're new, when you're new to a building, you have that grace because you don't know the culture. If you want to be successful, you have to be curious and try to understand, you're almost doing this ethnographic research, like why do we exist the way we exist? But if you've been established somewhere for a while too, you should constantly question, well, why do we do this? For, you know, one real easy example, I, I think it's stupid that anybody thinks like a cafeteria should be quiet. Why in the <laughs> What? For most classrooms, depending on the teacher, and for me, I had this sort of uh, chaos that was controlled, you know, as a teacher and creative and fun and, and uh, Socratic discussions, you know, it wasn't Rose. And so that's my style. And maybe that's a bias. It's a perspective I have. But, you know, when I look at pictures of how schools were developed, they, they're sitting in rows and you know, the kids are quiet. And that was my school experience. And, and why is it still that way? sometimes you know and so that's the classroom and you know we could question that too but then to go to the cafeteria and to have it like silent not every school is like that but i've been in a bunch that is that way and and so you say, well, why do we do it that way and a lot of times what you get at it's more convenient for me danny for you joshua but it's not necessarily what's best for the kids Put that in the context with PE getting pulled out or the arts getting pulled out or recess getting pulled out. And so only time kids can blow off steam is during lunch and we're going to be quiet. Come on. Serious? No way. We're not doing that. That's crazy. So what is one initiative you implemented on your campus that you're extremely proud of? Outside of uh, leading the mastermind now where, where there's 42 school leaders from seven different countries. And, and we weekly dig in deeply into education and leadership. My, my second proudest moment was I went to every homeroom as an assistant principal talking to students. And I said, who needs community uh, service hours to graduate? So basically every kid's hand is up. And who has literally saved somebody's life? Nobody. So, all right, cool. Well, join me because we're going to run the Chicago Marathon, Joshua. And I'm going to train you how to do it. And we're going to raise money for, to uh, fund clean drinking water projects in Africa. That's going to save people's lives. Uh, and you're going to learn so many skills from doing something really hard like running a marathon. So I'm proud to say over, over three years, our community really rallied around, around us doing that. Teachers joined me. The principal joined me. And over three years, 100, uh, just over 100 kids joined. And... Uh, 86 out of the 103 or something finished the Chicago Marathon. Yeah. And over those three years, too, we raised over $25,000 to fund clean drinking water projects, too. So that, that initiative was amazing. I don't think that might be what you were looking for necessarily, but it was more of a social thing. And it was about character. It was about leadership. It was about school can be so much more than learning for a test or some type of academic achievement. And the neatest thing too, Joshua, is like those kids I ran with, we're still connected on social media. 
half of them now are like these business leaders or they're still running or they're doing these other type of fitness challenges that they would cross that finish line and say, I could do anything now, Mr. Bauer. And I'm crying. I'm like, really? Like, this is amazing. You can't do anything. You know, there's these high school kids. And, and I think I'm forgetting to tell you, I'm talking about the south side of Chicago, 111th and King Drive. There's nobody from that neighborhood that looks like a typical marathoner. And we took our kids and said, you can do it. I'm going to train you and I believe in you. And we got them out there and, and running and they just crushed it. It was awesome. For those starting their leadership journey, what advice do you have for them? Just jump in. My first 10 episodes I recorded, I lost two episodes. They went missing, you know, they went in the Bermuda Triangle or something. And I almost quit. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast almost never launched. And over three years, you know, it's it's really grown and I'm doing it full time again to coach school leaders. And so what my story tells, you know, the listener and those that are interested in, in an administrative position, just go for it. Jump all in. It, you're going to be fine. You're going to get some bumps and bruises and learn from your mistakes. I figured out where to back up files. <laughs> That's a small little thing, but there's many leadership lessons you'll learn. And I just say, go for it. Go for it. And for those who haven't had the opportunity to read The Better Leaders, Better Schools Roadmap, can you describe how the book may help our aspiring leaders? Yeah, you know, the whole point of the book was about creating legendary schools. So if you're interested in, you know, in some of those questions you ask here on this great podcast, like what are those traditions we need to rethink and, and that kind of stuff. I think people, well, I know because they've told me they, they resonate with my voice because I'm this out-of-the-box innovator ruckus maker. I do enjoy interviewing educators, but I also have quite a bit of you know business leaders or somebody who runs a baseball team, like all sorts of different folks on the show. And like in the leadership community I lead, we don't read one book in education. Not that those books are bad, but I already know they're going to read it anyways. You know, if it's not them buying it in their own Amazon cart, they're going to get it from their district. So I push leaders to really stretch themselves at Vygotsky's zone of proximal development. Yeah, you know, just really, really stretch out, open their mind, try to eliminate blind spots and have a more holistic approach to uh, what we do in education. And so in addition to what was your admin position, you speak at conferences, you blog, and you're very active on social media. How did you find your voice beyond the campus? You know, that, that tip I gave the aspiring leaders, just go for it. It's the same thing. It's, it's putting in reps, you know, training for the marathon. The only way you get better is by running miles. Uh, I'm big into CrossFit now, and, and it took me just over a year to finally figure out how to get upside down and do a handstand against the wall, you know. I had some upper limit challenges there, and I, didn't, I wasn't comfortable with it. But you keep putting in the reps and you get better and you get better. So, you know, I call that showing up, like how you show up. What are those four to five words that describe your best leader and, and start putting in the practice that it takes to get there? You know, so it's like you set this aspirational target of what you want to be and then you keep moving toward it. And if you find yourself, you know, and this is why the leadership community is important, but if, even if you don't join mine, Get connected to a professional learning network, even if it's on Twitter. It doesn't matter. You don't have to work with me. I love working, but you, it doesn't matter. The point is, you by yourself, you're going to see a shiny object. Look, there's a squirrel, right, from up. We all know that that uh, scene. And that happens in real life. And then you fall away off the path of your vision. 
but by surrounding yourself with some type of community, they say, well, Joshua, you said that you're all about these things. Why are you over here doing this? So it's just that accountability, that encouragement, that community that'll help you stay focused. And yeah, that that community is just absolutely worth its weight in gold. In closing, what is the most enjoyable aspect of leadership? It's seeing people accomplish their dreams. You know, that's that's I think one of my superpowers is helping people turn their dreams into reality. And I think now I'm still a teacher. My classroom's just changed, you know, what it's look looks like. And that's why I got into that game is that I love seeing that light bulb, right? That metaphorical light bulb go off. Uh, and this was in high school, just tutoring my peers. And that was enjoyable. So to see, I guess, human beings optimizing themselves, you know, uh, identifying what are those goals, those aspirations they're going after and helping them achieve it. There's nothing sweeter than that to me. So how can our listeners connect with you on social media? You find me anywhere, alien earbud. So what, what is that all about? You know, I said that I'm the out of box innovative ruckus maker. <laughs> My name is Daniel Bauer and uh, I was an English teacher. And so there's a game called a word game called an anagram where you just mix up the letters. You could spell new words. And so from Daniel Bauer, I was able to spell alien earbud. You know, at this point, we're all, you're wearing earbuds, I'm wearing earbuds, you know. And so I just had this picture of an alien with his iPhone or something, listening to some great music, you know, maybe some jazz or I don't know. That's just funny to me. So Twitter, Instagram, all those places, I'm alien earbud. Daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com is my email. Believe me, if you, if you um, shout out, I'll definitely connect with you. And I want to give a shout out to your podcast too. What is that all about for our listeners who haven't heard your wonderful podcast? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's two that your listeners may be interested in. Uh, the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is the flagship one. It's been around for three years. It's a weekly interview. Uh, it's a longer form and we go deep into education and leadership. And then I have a short form podcast called the School Leadership Series. That's Monday through Friday, five minutes or less. That one's just me. Um, I'm actually building a content team to really amplify the diverse voices found in our field. And this was kind of cool. You know, if I could riff on this for a second, mm -hmm. I, I, t I get my coaching clients to think and, and question the traditions in their school. And I'm thinking, Joshua, well, what does that look like for what I do these days? And so the, the why question that I applied to my practice was, why do I even have to host my own podcast? And I realized I don't. And I have a responsibility. I feel a responsibility to really amplify the diverse voices that we find in our field. And so however you want to think of diversity, we're going to have that on the show um, and that'll be available soon. But that's in iTunes. And if they have uh, uh, Amazon devices, you know, Alexa devices, they can listen to school leadership series there too. Please continue to check out the Aspire podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and share your ratings and reviews. Don't forget to use the Aspire lead hashtag as you continue the conversation on Twitter. Daniel, thank you so much for being on the program. Joshua, it was a pleasure, and I really appreciate you having me on the show.